Well, hello all, Mike Falkenstein here with 1A Catalyst. Together with my friend Steve Shermer of Silk Road Catalyst, I'm one of the co-hosts of Missions Talk. Missions Talk is a show where we have regular media content on best practices and inside looks into what God is doing around the world in missions, featuring guests that are involved in global missions from parachurch organizations, churches, and other missions networks around the world. We have a deep heart to help you find ways to reach your world for Christ. And on today's episode, Steve and I talk about how missionaries should go to their new mission field with a humble heart, eyes wide open, taking the lead from the local pastors and leaders who have already been ministering there. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us for this, the latest episode of Missions Talk. My name is Mike Falkenstein, and I'm here again with my co-host, Steve Shermer. And Steve, today we have a wonderful episode, one that uh, kind of comes from, uh, well, it, it we got the idea for the episode based on something that happened to you recently as mm-hmm. you've uh, were overseas but it is actually a common common situation and uh, I'm really excited to to talk today about uh, kind of maybe the title would be something along the lines of you know we as westerners need to stop doing kind of you know our business as usual overseas and so uh, I know that it kind of started with a a tweet that you had, and so I'm going to read it, and then we can kind of begin talking about this episode. So the 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 tweet was, "Have met with two pastors in Turkey, each in a different city. Both unequivocally have said that Western agencies need to stop doing business as usual if they seriously want to serve their country." And so, yeah. This is a this is a uh, an important issue to talk about in it. <laughs> yes, it is. I didn't expect uh, you know for you to reach out to me about that tweet to say, "Hey, let's let's do a missions talk about this." <laughs> oh right. Well, I think it it happened, of course, because it it kind of it kind of touched a nerve that I've had for a long time and a heart that I've had that we really do hear these stories right from really around the world is I know you travel to different places that I go to. And so between the two of us, there's just a lot of local pastors in places around the world that are just sort of like these Westerners, they come in and they just think they kind of know it all. And they, you know, telling us how to do ministry in our own city and, you know, none of it makes sense to me. Uh, I think you've had kind of that same experience around the world, haven't you? Yeah, and welcome, you know, we can welcome the train, if y'all can hear that, to our show. (laughs) That's right, your local train in South Carolina. Yeah, it'll pass, it'll pass. (laughs) Oh, anyways. Yeah, so, you know, I was, uh, first, before before we get into this, we we do, because we had uh, talked about this before we even started recording, that... We recognize that not every Westerner does this. Not mm-hmm. every Westerner who goes out, or even foreign missionary, whether it's from the West or from the East, that when they go out to a foreign country, that they act like this. We know people who um, serve um, very much in line with kind of what we're challenging people to consider. Mm-hmm. But we also have to recognize that it is an issue, that what we're discussing is an issue. It's common. It's common enough that almost everywhere I go, I hear the same co- complaint and critique. 
mm. from national pastors. I've heard it. I know, Mike, you have heard it. Uh, mm-hmm. And not just in this one country, but in numerous countries, I've heard this. Uh, I've seen it. So, um, you know, it's it's part of, it's really why we wanted to discuss this. Because when I was meeting, you know, I had the privilege of going to Turkey, which is a beautiful country. It's definitely one of my favorites mm. uh, to visit. Got to meet with these two pastors, these two leaders in their own respect. They speak different languages. Uh, they come from different cultural, cultural backgrounds, even though they both live in the same country. Uh, they do know each other. You know, I asked, and they do know each other. They don't work together uh, okay. because of the distance between them. But they are familiar with each other and familiar with each other's ministry. Uh, these are not foreigners. Again, these are nationals. And so, you know, it was just enlightening. Even though I've heard all these things before, it's always it's always a good reminder to hear them. You know, otherwise we can get trapped in what we're doing and how we do things. And if we're not willing to listen to the people, the local people on the ground, not the foreign missionaries who serve on the ground, but the local people. um, That's right. Because, you know, the argument is always they oftentimes I've even found that we treat them as if they don't understand the situation in their home country. The reality is they fully understand the situation in their (laughs) own country. They may approach things differently they may approach security differently but do not be deceived for a moment and assume that they are ignorant of the reality in their country when it comes to politics when it comes to persecution if if that if that's if that exists in their country and we're not talking just about turkey we're talking uh many places they understand the church planting dynamics they understand uh, many of them understand the many methodologies that are out there for church planning and disciple making, mm. um, which we will talk about. Uh, mm. At least I'll bring up as examples of right. some of the frustrations that um, I have heard over the years. That's um, right. So, well, yeah, good. I'm excited about this this conversation. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I hope that... Uh, yeah, it'll just be another piece in the puzzle for us with Western agencies just to kind of wrap our minds around that we really need to do need to come into these places as learners and, you know, listeners first. And yeah, it just seems to make sense that those mm. who've lived in a certain place over their, the course of their entire lives, right, would know mm-hmm. better uh, <laughs> how to do that. So uh, we've got three. I've got three questions for you, Steve. Of course, uh, again, the the questions are around your statement that Western agencies that they've said that Western agencies need to stop doing business as usual if they seriously want to serve their country. So the first question is, what was the context that uh, caused them to say that? Oh boy, you know, trying to wrap up hours worth of conversations into That's right. thirty minutes. Um, it's a good question, you know, and, and unfortunately I think answers to all three questions are very similar in some ways. Okay. And so, but within context of these two specific conversations I had, um, and I'll, I'll really, I'll, what I, for now I'm going to highlight, I guess both of them said some things that I, I was very thankful and grateful for their bluntness. You know, these two men did not hold anything back and it became a running joke with one of them 
Um, so let me, let me just share some things that they talked okay. about that frustrated them. And that, and that would, that would kind of give you some context of why we even had these conversations. And, and we didn't go into these conversations wanting to talk about this. This is just in just asking about up. their ministries and what's mm-hmm. going on and, um, what is best in terms of people coming in, outsiders coming in, uh, partnering, uh, locally with local, you know, all those questions in those, in the context of those questions, all these things came out. Okay. And, um, one of them is an Arabic speaker. That's his native language. And as we were talking, he started talking about this Canadian guy okay. uh, who comes from, uh, well comes from, he's Canadian. So he comes from Canada. Right. Anyways, he comes to Turkey to build a partnership with this pastor okay who is an arabic speaker and proceeds to tell this pastor that god has called him there to train him how to share the gospel to arabic speakers so let me say that again in case you missed it it almost seems comical doesn't it (laughs) <laughs> it, yeah, it became it, it became one of those inside jokes that you know everyone has. So the whole time I was with them, I just kept saying, "Pastor, I'm I'm coming back to teach you how to to share the gospel with Arabic speakers." Um, any, anytime something happened, that's what I would say, and and he would say the same thing back to me. Yeah, you're going to come back and teach me how to share the gospel with Arabic speakers. So um, a Westerner going in telling an Arabic speaker they're going to teach the Arabic speaker how to share the gospel to fellow Arabic speakers. Um, I don't know if it was the same Westerner or, but I, I think it was someone else came in, um, with the agenda to teach the same pastor how to share the gospel in three minutes or less, because he said, you must be able to share the gospel in three minutes or less. Well, this pastor, um, recognizes that, okay, well, maybe in the West that works, but he's like, that doesn't work here. He says, when I sit down and share the gospel, I'm with them for a couple of hours. He says, oh, right. we're talking over, food over tea, and, yeah. food, yeah. coffee, right. whatever. Right. I'm not coming in three minutes, I'm out the door. He says, that does, to him, from a cultural perspective, didn't make any sense. All right. Um, another Westerner came in, and I know I'm talking about Westerners here, but let me tell you, there are Easterners who do similar things, uh, okay. whether it has to do with prayer or uh, other ministry facets that uh, we're involved in. But one guy came in and says, you're doing church, basically you're doing church all wrong. If you're not doing church planting movements like they did in the, in the um, first Back century, church, right. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. And you need to create a vision that's going to reach tens and tens or hundreds of thousands of um, Arabic and Turkish speakers around your country. Um, you know, these are kind of the context. It's, it's not, the issue isn't a foreigner coming into their country because they both recognize we need help. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're looking at a country of 85 million people and and the stats, they're different. It depends on who you talk to. Some people it's 5,000 Christians. Some people it's 10,000 Christians. Some people it's 15,000 Christians in the country. But um, in one of the countries we, or one of the cities I was in, if you can imagine the whole state of South Carolina, their population 
and the only Christians in South Carolina is my home church. That's oh, right. it. It's that many. It's, it's that many. Yeah. So, you know, one person said 500. Then I heard another pastor said 1,000. But regardless, 500 or 1,000, it didn't hardly put a dent in the percentage at all, um, considering the size of the city. So they recognize we need foreign foreign workers are welcome. They want help. They do have um, suggestions on what foreign foreigners need to do in terms of to get started, which are wise right. things like learn the language. <laughs> as simple as, which is sad that it, that even has to say, learn the language for goodness sake. <laughs> That's um, right. And and they have opinions on which type of foreigners work best, which which group of language, which language groups, whether it be Turkish and Turkey or Arabic speakers in Turkey uh, and which ones don't work and some really wise advice uh, coming from them. Uh, but the issue is they, they keep running into people who come in and say, no, God has called me to do this. And while they're not saying these words verbatim, their actions are saying, get out of my way. I'm going to do it anyways. But the point of all right. that um, not to harp on Turkey or make that the center of our right. discussion is just the frustration of outsiders coming in and not asking, hey, local pastor, help us discern what's going on. Help us discern where we might fit. What is best? What about church planting? What about evangelism? What's the best way to to share the gospel? Is it a two to three minute testimony like we're so like we tend to push in the U.S.? <laughs> Or is it a two-hour, three, four, even six-hour um, period of time where we're sipping on tea or coffee or food or sitting in the living room on the on the floor? You know, what is the best way? Right. And going in with an mm. open heart, there was a, a pastor in Kyrgyzstan who said he was so tired of Westerners coming in, outsiders, not just um, Westerners, but outsiders coming in with their five-year plans in one hand and a closed plan in the other, which they refused uh, to adapt to the Kyrgyz lifestyle. Okay. So, yeah, that gets to the second. You're, you're already kind of talking about the, the second question. <laughs> I told is, you, they, uh, kind of, they kind of bleed with each yeah, other. Yeah, they do, they do. But the... So the second question was, what did the pastors mean by business as usual? And it sounds like the business as usual is these Westerners and people coming into uh, their place and kind of them, the pastors, feeling ignored by those coming in, um, which, yeah, to me, it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, it seems like what makes sense is these people have lived there probably their whole lives that we would want to, you know, kind of take, take the lead from them. I mean, we, we would want to, we want, well, I should say we should want them to lead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think part of it, Steve, is that the, uh, for those of us in the West and North America, maybe in particular, um, you know, we think we kind of know everything there is to know. And certainly our resources are high, right? We have, you know, literally some of the best seminaries in the world and our our Christian nonprofits are quite developed and, you know, uh, vast and have created a lot of resources. And so 
it does take sort of a level of humility, right? Quite a bit of humility to, to go into a place like Turkey or, you know, I was mentioning, I hear this a lot in China, um, during the years that I was super active there, that Chinese pastors would say a lot of the same things. And so, Mm-hmm. Um, coming in with kind of that open heart to hear what local pastors say uh, uh, have to say about all of this does take some humility, doesn't it? It takes a lot of humility. And I like what you said, you know, just the feeling ignored part uh, that a lot of these local pastors, uh, ministry leaders, you know, not they're not all pastoring a church, but just ministry leaders. I mean, I know uh, a guy in India who who leads a network um, engaging with uh, people across uh, his area of India. And, you know, this isn't uh, a, um, a critique of methodologies. That's not, this episode has nothing to do with methodologies. It's more of our attitude uh, right. in walking in. But we were having a discussion. We were we were in Malta at a conference, and I, I, sat, I was sitting down with him, and I said, you know, have you ever considered a uh, the disciple-making movement, church-planting movement methodologies, um, you know, whether it be T for T, Discovery Bible Studies, Four Fields, whatever? You right. know, have There's you considered of any of that? He says, oh, absolutely, we've considered it. He says, but I will never do it. I was like, huh. Really? I was like, well, well, why are you uh, opposed to it? I was wondering, was it theological? Um, You know, what, you know, some people I know, it's, it's, it has to do more of a theological issue for them versus a methodology. Um, It had nothing to do with theology to this guy. It had to do with the attitudes of the outsiders coming in. Wow. He says, I've gone to these people who promote church planning movements. We go to these conferences. He's been to the similar conferences that I've been to. And they talk about these grand numbers. They, they talk about numbers in emails and, and on websites and, they, and they, they promote all this stuff. So I, he said, I went to them and said, can you introduce me to these, to these leaders in my home country so I can learn from them? The outsiders were the gatekeepers. Oh. And in every case that he asked, they said, no. For security reasons, we can't. I'm sitting there thinking, who, who's, who are these outsiders <laughs> think right. they and, are you, to sit there and tell an Indian yeah. they can't connect with an Indian? Yeah, you want to have a talk with those guys, huh? That, that would be like an Indian coming to an American, leading the ministry, telling my pastor he's not allowed to talk to a pastor in your city because of security reasons. Right. That doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. This gatekeeper mentality has, has, while I think Americans are the worst at it, I don't think mm-hmm. we like to acknowledge it. I think right. overall we like to make excuses for it. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of gatekeeping mentality um, among Westerners, Americans in particular, but also Eastern um, foreign missionaries who go to other countries where we become territorial, where we want to protect, and then we refuse. It just, it's just complete nonsense, in my opinion. And until we're, I think, ready to actually have real discussions about how we're doing these things, it's not going to change. I mean, I keep hearing it year after year, but I don't see a whole lot of change out there personally. And when I keep hearing pastors 
frustrated with this approach, it tells me that not much is changing because it means we want to lead. We're coming in dictating what needs to happen. Yes, I agree there is unreached people groups, unengaged people groups. There are communities where there's no churches, no Christians, no missionary, nothing. I agree that those places exist and we need to do everything we can to get mm. there. But out of respect, every country, even North Korean has Christians. Mm-hmm. But out of respect for these Christians, these countries, for the pastors, for the churches, we don't need to act like they're ignorant or invisible. That's right. Amen. And we need to yeah. come alongside them and figure out how we're going to approach it together. Let's get into the conversation, but with an attitude of learning first before telling. Mm, right. Well, you're getting then, uh, Steve, as we get close to the end of this episode, uh, kind of the third third question I had, which is what would be a better way then for Western agencies to serve their country, um, you know, whatever country you're going to, uh, you know, to serve in, how, what, because, uh, you know, we always want to leave people with some, a few kind of, hmm. you know, here's some solutions, so to speak. So uh, what, what in all of that, then, what are your ideas about what would be a better way to, to serve these local leaders? I think the beginning point is what you you had already indicated is humility. I think we walk in right. with a spirit and an attitude of humility, mm. uh, open ears and shut mouths. <laughs> kind of learn and from them, right? Learn from them, hear them. I mean, sitting down with these pastors and just, they don't, you know, asking questions is not what, ask questions. They want you to ask questions. Um, they, I think they enjoy that you're passionate about their country, that you're passionate mm-hmm. about reaching people. They love that. They want to know that you're, that you are, are committed to their country, um, and cities. Um, but they, they want to be, they want to have, they need to have the primary voice, especially at the beginning. No question. Mm. Um, because doing that and, and going into Turkey and asking these questions, whether it's there or India or Kyrgyzstan, and and finding out what do these men and women think? You know, what are their experiences uh, as nationals, but also in their interactions with outsiders? Mm. That whether we're a church going in, whether we're a missionary with an organization going in. Uh, going in with that attitude, like I said, we, we recognize not everyone does this, but it is a significant, significant enough of a problem um, that we wanted to, to, to uh, highlight this. But I know right. that my church spent five years getting to know a pastor and their network in South Asia mm. before really committing to diving in with them. Um, but even after 20 years uh, walking alongside them, those nationals, they're the ones that make the decisions in the end of how things are done, where things are done, and who gets to do them. Mm. Okay? They get to decide the methodologies, the methodologies that are um, applied. Mm. The outsiders don't get to make those decisions. Oh, right. And my church has an incredible long relationship with them 
that is fruitful, that is beneficial to both, uh, where both sides get to fulfill their calling uh, in that area of the world. Mm. Um, and they've seen thousands and thousands of people come to Christ <clears throat> and hundreds of churches planted and hundreds of church planters trained. I mean, it is happening. It's, it's, it, this, you know, this group of nationals, they needed help. They needed people to come alongside them. But they needed people who were going to, they, they didn't need people who were coming in bark orders. Or That's dic- right. dictate the direction. That's right. Um, yeah, Steve, as you're talking, you know, I'm thinking uh, one of the obstacles for Western organizations, agencies, churches, I think, is that we do really want to have sort of immediate results, right? And, you know, part of it for people like you and I, we have, um, you know, donors that are that are helping us with, you know, partnering with us. And so we want to be able to have something to say to them, right, <laughs> right mm-hmm. away. And uh, it's just, it's way better, I think, to take a lot much, because what you're talking about with your church is that, that this was kind of a long play, right? Kind of a mm-hmm. long-term view. It's like, hey, we may not see anyone come to Christ in the first three years, mm-hmm. but we have much a much longer view. And absolutely, uh, that's hard for us as Westerners, isn't it? Yeah, my pastor likes to talk about relational capital. Okay, you have to develop, you have to build capital within the relationship. Um, you know, some people will say you do that to share the gospel. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, in this case, I'm talking about your, the cap, the relational capital you have between brothers and sisters. Mm. So while the, 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 these nationals in India are the ones that lead the charge and we follow their direction as a church, uh, in this ministry, uh, our pastor has built enough relational capital with them that he can speak into things and they welcome it because Mm, they know he respects them. Ooh, and he values great. their leadership. He values their opinion. Um, and so they'll come to him and say, hey, what do you think about this shift in our ministry or this addition? They will go to him in a mm. heartbeat. Um, but he, he had to, we have to prove ourselves as outsiders. The nationals don't need to prove themselves to us. Okay, we're walking into their territory. That's right. You know, just imagine someone from another country coming into our backyard telling us what to do. It would not work here in the States. (laughs) I think we would like, you know, if they were a wee bit of little thing, we'd just flip away and get lost. That's right. That's right. And and in reality, we're, I think how we would respond to them if they did what we do to them, uh, (laughs) we just assume that... Um, I think many of us assume that when we walk in, they just have to listen. And that's right. Whether we recognize it or not, our, our attitude, our actions, I think, speak that. And we have to mm-hmm. be, we have to bend over backwards to really work against that because it's in our nature as, especially as Americans, we want to help. We want right. to fix problems. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, that mindset. We, it's, it's who we are. But in recognizing that, I think we ought, we should also recognize we need to be we need to go over the top in terms of humility, in terms of listening, and That's taking right. our time, um, mm. using the excuse that well people are going to hell tomorrow. Okay, I get that, but if you don't know the language, if you don't know the culture, if you don't know how <laughs> things work, they're right. still going to hell tomorrow. 
just because you show up. I mean, you're not right. going to be able to you're do right. much until you learn first. That's right. That's um, right. Yeah. My Chinese teacher always said, and I think this applies across the board, you can learn Mandarin perfectly. Mm. You can learn to speak it through Western eyes or you can learn to speak it through Chinese eyes. You have not mm. learned Mandarin until you've learned to speak it through Chinese eyes. That's right. Okay. You can learn the technicalities of any language. Uh, you can share the gospel in those languages, but until you learn to speak as the culture of the place you're serving, you're still not doing it right. Mm -hmm. And you still have a lot. We st all of us have a lot to learn. Uh, That's right. In those areas. Yeah, Steve, I appreciate what you said in the uh, what you wrote in the our show notes that uh, you know we need to remember that these people who are who are serving in local areas who are the local people you know they'll always want to reach their own people more than we want to reach them right i mean they mm -hmm. oh that's they, you know they're true. this is their people right and if they've come to christ they definitely want to learn they definitely want to reach them more and you know if we can go in i think with a um open eyes and open heart and with this humility um as westerners there are things that we can do to serve them, to 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 walk alongside them, to minister together with them. I mean, it is true. Uh, the Western Church does have a lot to contribute, <laughs> sure. but learning where that is and how to do that and the appropriate ways to do that, I think, is the you know kind of a kind of a final thought for me is, yeah, we we do have. I mean, you think about you know, the, the, our kind of advanced methods of theology and teaching and training. And, you know, there are a lot of things that we can contribute, but I think knowing how to do that in a local area is important first, right? So, uh, Steve, as we close this episode, any final encouragement or thoughts from you from, uh, for those that are watching and uh, listening today? Yeah, I'll, I'll reiterate what you said. We need to, we need to think about the long game. Uh, mm. when we're thinking cross-culturally, uh, you know, not coming in like a bull in a China closet, but thinking <laughs> right. about what's it going to take? You know, that's, that's why I love the posture of, of my pastor and, and the elders of, in our church of how they've approached global missions is they recognize, as you said earlier, um, you know, you had indicated, said something to the effect of, um, you know, we want to go in and, and get something done within a short amount of time, like three years. Right. In reality, we need to be looking at as something. It, we may not see a convert. We may not see a church planted in three years. It may take 10 years. Right. You know, these, some of these are very challenging places. <laughs> Which is so, hard for us. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we need to be looking at the long game. Uh, stop worrying about, you know, what our supporters, we can report, report, be honest with them, be truthful. Right. Share mm -hmm. stories. But mm -hmm. if you're consumed with what supporters think, mm -hmm. that you're having to appease them to keep the funds flowing, then you're looking at this in all the wrong, the wrong ways. That's you're right. not focused on the kingdom part. You're focused on the money part. That's and right. I know but any you know, of us can yeah. fall into that trap. I have, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, no question. I was say that, that could be a whole separate episode. Yeah, I think we've all fallen into that trap. Yeah, it's it's a it's a common trap for sure. But, um, and again, it's uh, a common trap because 
at least in part, donors are expecting results, right? They give yes. you money, so they want to see, okay, what did that money go towards, and how many Absolutely. and how many churches, and you know. So then that the pressure's on us to produce that, and that's where you get into that really nasty kind of, you know, um, deal of trying to sort of produce results for them when. Again, probably the better way is to take a long, long-term view. So, anyway, well, yeah, Steve, big episode, a uh, lot to talk about. Uh, we we and could we could continue. go on and on. <laughs> yeah, we really could. And so, um, we will probably hit more of this uh, this topic as we go on, right? But I'm so glad, Steve, that you know, not only you sent that tweet because then it caused us to go, yeah, we could probably talk about that because it is such an important issue. So thank you for that. Um, appreciate all your experience and sharing, you know, what you're learning. And um, yeah, I hope this has been a help to those that are watching. We really do want to be a benefit to your ministry and to help you be more effective as you uh, impact uh, the world for Christ. We so are th- we're just so thankful that you're joining us. Um, and of course we'd love to hear from you. You've got show ideas, of course, um, facebook.com forward slash missions talk. You can reach us there. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, we're thankful that you've been with us today and we'll look forward to having you with us on the next episode of missions talk. To find out more about missions talk or to watch previous episodes, please go to facebook.com forward slash missions talk. It is on our Facebook page that we have the catalog of all of our episodes. To find out more about my organization, 18 Catalyst, please go to 18catalyst.org. And to find out about Steve's work with Silk Road Catalyst, please go to silkroadcatalyst.com. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll look forward to having you with us on the next episode of Missions Talk.